This episode is brought to you by Amazon's audiobook platform, Audible. Audible is a monthly subscription for audiobooks. They've worked with us and are giving you coaches one month of their subscription site and an audiobook of your choice absolutely free. All you got to do is go to rtpbook.com and sign up for Audible. They'll give you an audiobook and a free month subscription upon sign up. You can cancel at any time before paying a dollar and still keep the audiobook as a gift from them. Audible has top-selling audiobooks that are great for coaches. Right now, I'm listening to Gary Vaynerchuk's Ask Gary and Sam Sheridan's A Fighter's Mind during my morning workouts, and they've both been tremendous books so far. It's great for me because when you're a coach, you have very limited time to sit down and read, so you can really multitask with Audible, and it's a great change-up for me from listening to music while I work out. Again, go to rtpbook.com to claim the free audiobook of your choice. Head over to the RTP store. We have two designs as t-shirts, long sleeves, and hoodies. We have our Run the Power and our Will Block for Food designs available. Go get yours today under the store tab at runthepower.com. Now you can run the power in any weather. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Attack Academy. Team Attack Academy is an online football development site for football players and coaches of all levels. It's the most powerful teaching tool introduced into the game today to raise the level of playing and coaching football. After using Team Attack Academy, your athletes and coaches will outplay, outwork, and outsmart their opponents, guaranteed. Go check them out at their website, teamattackacademy.com. This episode of the RTP Podcast, we talk with Rick Nelson, former offensive line coach at the University of Northern Iowa and Missouri State University. Currently, Coach Nelson is the head coach and offensive line coach at Ankeny High School, where Coach Walls works in Iowa. Coach Nelson coached 22 FCS All-Americans on the offensive line, including several future NFL players. Listen as we talk with Coach Nelson about the transition from college to high school, being a head coach and offensive line coach at the same time, and the many coaches, schools, and philosophies he has experienced during his long coaching career. You can follow Coach Nelson on Twitter at Coach Rick Nelson. Hope you guys enjoy. We're lucky enough to have uh, Coach Rick Nelson on with us. He's been the uh, head coach here now at Ankeny High School for three years, and he's at the college level for a long time. Uh, coach Nelson, welcome aboard. And I guess the, the first thing I want to kind of say is, man, you spent a, a lot of time at, at UNI. Could you uh, tell us a little bit about your, your days at Northern Iowa and all the different roles you kind of had to do there? Sure. Um, yeah, I got there in 2000. Uh, and I worked for Mike Dunbar, um, who, <clears throat> after just the one year, he was there for, uh, he was with, uh, he was at Toledo before that. And then uh, Mike ended up going to um, Cal. And then from Cal, Northwestern, um, and then to Minnesota. And, and so I learned a bunch of protection stuff from, from Coach Dunbar. He, we threw the ball a bunch. Um, we were in Queens, you know, didn't really play with a tight end, although we had a really good one. <laughs> um, uh, we didn't use them a whole lot, um, but we were in Queens and, and we threw the football. Um, Helming probably still has probably most of the passing records at UNI. So, Queen, um, Queens was, he, Queens he was, was 20 personnel, right? Yeah, 20. And sometimes we, our tight end was good, so sometimes he would split out. Um, or we, or we'd keep him tight, you know, like a, 
three by one or two by two, but he'd be off the ball. We didn't do a lot of on the ball tight end stuff. So we we finally got him. Um, <laughs> we went and, and somehow we went to the combine and we got to meet with the Denver O line coach. That um, somehow I got his phone number from the secretary. I don't think she was supposed to give it to me, but so we 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 put in that their weak side stretch play, and we ran a bunch of that. Um, and Coach Dunbar was, you know, you had to prove everything to him. You, you weren't going to just, hey, let's put this play in. It, it wasn't like that. It was, you know, you, you better have film. You better know what you're talking about. You better, I mean, it was like you had to clinic him to let him, before he'd let us put any run play in. So we met with like, Gibbs, was like, was a coach's name. Yeah, I was going to say, tell um, that Alex Gibbs story. That's a pretty cool story about how you guys did all that. Yeah, it was – so I called him, and the first thing he says, he goes, how'd you get my number? You know, I didn't want to throw him under the bus, you know. I just the secretary. I said, well, one of the guys I coached, you know, that guy that played for you and blah, blah, blah. He said, oh, okay. He said, what, what do you need? You know, I said, well, we're going to go to the combine. We're hoping you'd be there and you'd sit down and spend some time and talk about your stress play. And he says, well – all right, you're going to be there this day. I said, yep, we'll be there that day. All right, you buy the beer, I'll do the talking. I said, all right, let's do it. <laughs> so we sat in the lobby, like, for four hours and just talked to this guy. And, uh, all right, one of my – the tight end girl, <laughs> writing notes like a madman. It was, it was awful. And uh, we got some film um, from him, you know, and it, it, was, it was good. And so we, we put that play in. Um, you know, and basically it was a one cut play. You know, they took backs that really, uh, you know, I guess weren't Heisman backs, you know, and, 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 you know, some of the times they'd lead the, you know, the NFL in rushing and, uh, they, they were pretty good at it. And their, their linemen were different than the linemen that are now playing. They were much leaner and they were, they run. I mean, those guys could all run that played at Denver when he was there. So, um, yeah, that was fun. That was a neat, that was a neat memory because he got to meet a lot of, like, NFL head coaches. We'd shake their hands how they didn't remember who we were. Because <laughs> they all knew. They'd all come up, hey, kid, you know. And then he'd introduce us to them. So, we'd get to stand up and shake these NFL coaches' hands. And stuff. It was pretty wild. So we got to put the play in. Them put it in. So it, it was. Uh, it ended up being a good play for us. How many? Uh, how many beers do you think you guys had to buy Gibbs to to get all of his secrets? He uh, he had a few beers now. You know, he wasn't a real big guy, and he had. Uh, I, I'm guessing. You know, I don't want to throw him under the bus, but I'm guessing he was somewhere just shy of a twelve pack, probably. <laughs> <laughs> You guys got all the insides, inside trade secrets. Then, uh, who yeah, are, you know? That's, you, you know, you mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, Coach Dunbar. You know, you worked for a ton of different different offensive coordinators. You know, from your your time at Missouri State and your time at UNI. You know, what was it? What was it kind of like being an offensive line coach? You know, through all of these different coordinators. You know, how did you kind of have to adjust your style? You know, were, were you able to do that? I mean, you had a pretty diverse background with all the guys you had to work for yeah i mean the really the first taste i got of it is uh um when i was 
playing at UNI, I was a fullback. They moved me to guard, and we ran uh, buck sweep and trap. Um, and so that was the first taste I got of O-line. And then I was a GA, and that we that's all we ran with Moody was buck sweep and, and trap, um, and we threw it. And so then when I went to the junior college, you know, he was I. McNeely was an I coach. Um, so then I, you know, I learned about power and, um, you know, more man blocking schemes. We ran a lot of ISO and lead draw. And, uh, so that when you're, I'll tell you, the kids will never know what coaching in a junior college is like. Um, we had four coaches. Um, I did all the laundry. I did the taping. I was a strength coach. Um, I was the offensive line, two of us on um, offense, two of us on defense. And uh, we were the academic advisors. Uh, you know, we did everything. And uh, <laughs> so we were in the Garden City, Kansas, is where we were way out. And uh, um, that is wild. And, and it has changed. It's, you know, I don't think the young guys get to probably experience, um, even when they're a GA, uh, get to experience that wearing all those hats. And I don't know that that, and we had to teach. Um, so there was a lot of nights you'd go, you'd teach your classes, go out recruiting, get back at like two in the morning and then get up and teach again and then go back out. And cause in garden city, you weren't close to anything. Um, you know, we're right by the time change, um, you know, the mountain time, uh, it, it, Wichita was two and a half hours and, so that junior college, I mean, I, I learned a ton there just because you had to and uh, worked for McNeely. Um, and uh, that was a great experience um, because you're just kind of thrown into everything. You know, you have to coach running backs. Sometimes you have to coach wide receivers. Sometimes you have to coach tight ends. But just kind of depended on, you know, what we were doing in what segment of the, of the day. And uh so I really learned I learned a lot in junior college ranks, and I went from there to Southwest Missouri State, where we ran the triple, much like you'd see the academies running today. In fact, we did with Arkansas State and Georgia Southern, and we'd have clinics every year. Um, those three, our three staffs, and uh, that was a blast. Um, so I was fortunate um, to do that. I can't think of the line coach's name about Jesse's last year, Jesse Branch. Um, we, we switched to the eye. We kind of ran out of quarterbacks. We had kind of a bad string that, you know, happened circumstances. So we brought in the line coach at Ohio state and we put in the power and um, it was, it was totally different um, than what we had done the, the previous five years. So, um with that then we get uh then I get Del Miller who called the plays, um, who I think probably was at Kansas State two or three different times. And so we ran Kansas State's offense, not what they're running now, but what they were probably running back in the late um, you know, late nineties, mid nineties. Yeah, um, running QBs where we were pretty multiple. Of, yeah, we we were in a lot of formation. Um and it and it was really the first time that I've really been in one back. Um, we'd always been two back when I was at junior college and then Jesse, we were triple or two back. You know, we would not, had not been a one back team. That's really when I was introduced 
um, two protections, um, you know, five man, six man, seven man uh, gap slide. Um, so that was that was neat. When you coach one double A football, you usually have a couple old farts and then a lot of young guys. And uh, so we had a lot of young guys, and uh, you know, uh, Coach Miller kind of brought us all along because you know we'd been the triple and we'd been in basically the conventional I formations. Maybe we'd get crazy and get in slot, you know. Um, <laughs> ooh, they can't stop that. Um, so it, it, that was my first into. Um, well, that's when I met. Uh, Harry Heathstand at Missouri. Um, yep. You know, all, all kinds of different guys. We talked protections and, um, you know, it, it was great. It was uh, it was awesome. And uh, that's when I really all of a sudden, too, got uh, inducted into double eagle. <laughs> and uh, you better have a plan for double eagle, you know, if you're in one back. Because uh, that's, what, that's what Youngstown State would run uh, against the one back. And they'd have a jammer on the tight end, and uh, you know that that was a nightmare. The first time I saw that, it, it was a nightmare. And, what, uh, what was some of the stuff you guys did in one back versus that? Uh, you know, we we would we'd do some gap stuff out of it. Um, we did we couldn't really run our quarterback. He was um, he was a pure thrower. Um, we would run try to run stretch, and we'd try to run uh, we'd run option in the boundary like a. a just a nub side option. Um, but we ended up throwing it quite a bit. You know, inside zone I thought was very hard to run against it, but we would try to run stretch. We would even try to run a D play down, down and kick. Um, we had a pretty athletic center, so they would mic it up. Our center would just almost just like jump out of there and try to cut that mic. And uh, that was that was probably one of our best run plays. Um, because what would happen is the jammer would go down with our tight end, so you'd kind of lose him. Then the overhang, you just would kick him. Uh, you'd kick him with that with a guard. And if your center was fortunate enough to get up to the the mic, you'd have a little you'd have a little you'd have a nice little alley there. So that that was probably our best um, because our kid wasn't a real option guy, um, but we did run some weak side option. Um, but probably stretch of that decline is probably the best that we had that I that I can remember. Coach, you also when you were at Missouri State, you got a chance to work with a couple of guys that I'm sure a lot of people heard of. Uh, Tim Beck was was there, so you got to know Tim Beck pretty well. You know who's been at you know yeah. a bunch of different places, Nebraska and them. And then you also got a chance to work with uh, a lot of our Oklahoma listeners that have kind of been on. Uh, Rick Jones worked with you at. Missouri State, the head coach over in Greenwood. Can you talk a little bit about those two guys? You know, maybe some of the, the stories you have from them or some of the stuff you learned from them. Well, Tim was uh, – Tim had been at, uh, at K-State with uh, Coach Miller. He was a GA with um, um, all coach at KU. Back down at, um, uh, I want to say only, but that, I can't. Um, he was Man, at OU and – Mangino. Yeah, they were CAs together, Tim and, and Mangino. And so uh, so he worked with Dell on offense, and uh, but then he went to Arizona and coached uh, high school football. I can't tell you where. He was in the Phoenix area, but I can't tell you what school. But he took that school from nothing to, you know, 
state championships. And, and I guess the best story that I can remember Tim telling, it was just, I wish I could have been there. But they, he'd been there about three years, and Tim was a little, uh, he was a little little wild, you know. He, he let his kids, like, first time the opening game, the first kid scored touchdown could do anything he wanted to do. <laughs> and he said, you better make it good. And, uh, you know, so the kids would, you know, everybody was practicing what they were going to do with the ball. He didn't care. 15 yards didn't matter. And, uh, but the, the coaches, so a lot of the coaches didn't really care too much for that. <laughs> and they'd bring their flag and stick it in the ground, you know, in front of the other team's bench. And so, but they were good. So they're, they're getting ready to go. It's the first, it's the first week of, uh, uh, playoffs and they're getting ready to practice and this this guy comes over and says hey he goes I want to do something to motivate the team would you would you care if I'd come to practice tomorrow and motivate the team and Tim goes uh, yeah that's fine it was the guy had been a military guy and you know just kind of been around the first so he goes yeah that's fine so they're practicing he said all of a sudden it seems like like down at the other end of the field like this this guy he goes, is that the Grim Reaper? And the kid, they all practice, and they're like, that's the Grim Reaper. And, uh, you know, all these kids popped in, and all of a sudden, the Grim Reaper just walks away. So they go play their first round playoffs. They, I mean, they just, they slaughtered this team. So Tim, you know, all right, it's good. We got it. We got it going. You know, this is the first time the team's been in the playoffs. So, Next week, come out. This, this, here, here he is, the Grim Reaper, sitting up in the stands. They can't see his face. You know, he's, they're they're freaking out. They're like, who, who is it? He's got this great big, what in the heck that thing that Grim Reaper has, a big sickle, sickle or whatever. He's carrying this. Yeah, he's carrying it. So back to one. Okay, I'm hoping this is that guy because otherwise this is this is starting to really, you know, freak me out. <laughs> So they go down, and their second round, boom, they win again. They're just these kids are like going, "Oh man, hey, we got the Grim Reaper with us." And so the third week, so this is the semis. He says, "Grim Reaper." He says he uh, he's down at the end of the practice field, and uh, he said there all these kids are going, "Man, the Grim Reaper, he's down there, he's down there." Like, yeah, well, all of a sudden, he, like, lights something on fire. He had some kind of wood piece that's, like, some symbol or something. They're just, like, the kid's, like, oh, yeah. They're going nuts. And Beck's, like, going, oh, my gosh, this guy's lost his mind. <laughs> so, so, they get to the semis. And boom. They, this team that had won it the year before, you know, no way they're going to win. They win. So, they're in the cha- they're state championship. The whole week goes by. No Grim Reaper. And the kids are like, Coach, man, what, where's the Grim Reaper? And he goes, I, I don't know. They go, Coach, the Grim Reaper's got to come, man. He's got to come. Didn't show. They're on the bus just pulling off the, the interstate. And they're going into the where the stadium is. And this is, it's this four or five-lane traffic. Walking down the middle of the street. Of this four or five lane traffic is the Grim Reaper. <laughs> and the bus explodes. The kids just go, The Grim Reaper is fucking away. Well, 
They, they, they destroy the team. <laughs> Back goes, you know what? I never saw that guy again. I don't even know if that was the guy that was just some nut, you know? <laughs> so that was a reaper story. And then they won the state championship with, man. I mean, I was just like going, holy. He goes, if you could have seen our kids when they saw him walking down the middle of the street and there's cars going all by him, they really just went nuts. So that was Beck Grimm. But he's uh, Beck's a great football And he, he made it simple, but yet complex. And we were a huge audible team. You watch the K State play. Not so much now, but before. And those quarterbacks audible all the time. And but what Tim would do is he'd give the quarterback, instead of the whole playbook, you know hey, let's get five base packages that you like, that you love to throw, and here's the here's what you're going to check to against this coverage, here's what you're going to check to against this coverage, here's what you're going to check to against this coverage. And um, it, it really worked out well for our quarterbacks because they were in charge of the offense um, in Del Miller's system. I mean, they, they audibled a ton. So Tim made it simple. And uh, I think he, you know, and the kids loved him. I mean, he, he has unbelievable personality. Um, and so, he, yeah, he's a, I, I love Beck. He, I would love to coach him again. I, I'm just not quite on the same level as him right now. <laughs> um, you know, he's had some awful good jobs. So, uh, but, yeah, I, I would say I'm kind of surprised that maybe, you know, he hasn't, you know, gotten a head job, but maybe, maybe he doesn't want one either. You know, he's had some really nice jobs. So, um, and, and Rick Jones um, was uh, was very, very interesting guy. I mean, he'd been very successful. Um, he had great jobs in Oklahoma, but he wanted to try the college. And, uh, you know, a lot of my favorite story about Jones is uh, he, he, he always, he had, he had a watch, but he never clamped it on real tight so it was loose so he was always kind of fiddling with his watch so it'd slide down his arm well we'd be in film back then we had just got those um, projection cannons they were these huge black things and we were using vcr tapes we were out of 16 millimeters so um we were using vhs tapes and jones would he'd stand up we'd be in the film room he'd stand up he'd spin do a 360 Whirl his watch back so it'd get tighter on his forearm and then sit back down. And we're like, Jones, what, what, uh, what are you doing? He goes, what? Well, why did you just stand up and turn around? I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just nervous. I, just, I don't know. I just do that. And I'm like, oh. And so <laughs> that's what he'd do. We'd be in there like an hour. He'd get, Jones would get up. Been around, get his watch back where he goes, sit back down. <laughs> You're like, okay, there's Joe. He's ready to go. He was now. He was the head coach now. I mean, that that's what you know. He worked with Jesse. Jesse's best guy was before. Jesse Branch was awesome. And uh, but Rick Jones was a head coach. He he really he had great ideas, um, but he was meant to be a head coach. Um, you know, he, he, he wanted to be in charge, but he wasn't, and he respected Jesse so much that he didn't, you know, he never crossed that line. But he, you know, 
when you get to see Jones in action, I got to go down there two springs um, and visit with him. You know, I mean, he, he's yeah. such a good coach, and he's they've got a great system. He's had unbelievable quarterbacks that have led their team, but yet their system and the culture that's happened down there, I don't know, I might be speaking, but I think he might have won – Know what? Maybe eight out of twelve years, or eight out of eleven. I think he's won the state championship now. And and you don't do that um, by coincidence. I mean, he when I was out of the job at Southwest, um, he went to Broken Arrow and he helped me. Um, you know, hey, here's how you interview. This is what you need to do. And he is you can he is the only guy when. You know, everybody's been fired at the college coach. He's the only guy that called me every week, and I'll never forget that. And, uh, you know, when you're when you're fired and, you know, people won't take your calls and, you know, that, that's not much fun. But Jonesy was there, man. He helped me. And, um, you know, I, I learned a ton from him just interviewing and, and organizing, um, you know, parents and, and you know, how how to work with your staff and I mean he was he was uh you can you can tell just talking to him for ten minutes why he's successful. And uh, both those guys are great guys. And uh and Jones could have been a head coach probably anywhere in college. I mean he's very organized and and very demanding and but I mean he's a great, great person. Coach, you mentioned Broken Arrow earlier and that's where I coach at and, and we run power a lot so um, you know, in watching North Dakota State, I know they've got a lot of different plays they run off of power to protect it. Uh, you know, I know they've got an inside power, and then they've also got what looks like a power sweep where, you know, they arc that in instead of kick them and then uh, let it bounce outside automatically. Uh, what are some of those plays that you guys had that you would use to protect power? Well, when we ran power, we, we ran it more – a little bit wider than North Dakota State does it. A- after playing those guys, you know, I guess we probably played them a half dozen times when I was there. Um, their back would get fired if he would ever bounce it. So their their power is different than the power that we we ran. Ours was always a little bit wider. Um, when you started studying um, their film and you saw the technique of their fullback. Um, and you saw the path of their back, um, it, it, it's really amazing. You know, their fullbacks would, would have to take on really some pretty big, big size guys. They, they would take their fullback and jam that T gap. Right. Him. And, and he was more, right. of, I don't know what the technique is and I should probably talk to Kleiman, but, um, it was almost like he was throwing kind of a side slipper and hold his ground. Um, he wasn't going to go in there and blow this guy up. It wasn't. It wasn't like a trap block, you know. You'd think of maybe a pulling guard. They came in and, and they kind of shoulder bombed or flippered this guy with their outside shoulder and would just try to climb him and just hold their ground so that freaking back and guard could just go blowing it up in there. And it, they were dang good at it. And the only time that we could ever stop them is when we had a two eye that their guard couldn't handle. And a couple of years we did, and a couple of years we didn't. And 
the powers are great just because of so many angles. Um, it, it's a great play. Um, whether it's one back or two back, you know, you got to have a pretty, pretty selfish, selfless kid that's going to go in there and, and he's tougher than the lineman because his blocks all happen, you know, maybe five to six yards in a run. <laughs> the lineman right. are at least, you know, at least, you know, inches away from the helmet. This guy's yards away. And he's taking on a big dude. So their fullbacks are just, I mean, they're tough as boots down. And they're, they're tough kids. But I don't know that we, when we ran the power, um, we called our Buckeye um, to where the fullback would, would take that and we blocked out with our tight end. But we were never as good at it as, as North Dakota State is. I mean, you know, you watch them and you think, okay, you know, just when they played Iowa that year, a 16-play drive was that. I mean, they just <laughs> they just mock those guys. And their mentality, I think, is um, is that that no one's going to stop it. And, and they're they're just they're they're big guys. They're not our strength coach. Was it you and I? Is now at North Dakota State. Their players aren't. Um, you know, freakishly strong compared to what your players are. It's just their mindset that um, they're going to move you. And I don't know if you remember when they played two years, might have been three years ago. Yeah, it was three. When they played at Jacksonville State and they had those two SEC D tackles. How did you guys remember that game? Yeah. You know, and the announcers are saying, boy, I'll tell you, North Coast State's never seen guys like this. I mean, they're going to have a hard time you know, moving these two guys, these guys played it, you know, that and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm telling you, they made – North Coast State made those two kids quit. <laughs> By the third quarter, they were calling them and taking their faces and jumping. I mean, it was – that's how they are. They're, they're nasty and they're tough and they're – and it doesn't matter. Well, they, don't, they don't care if they're playing Iowa or if they're playing, you know, uh, Montana Tech, Technical Institute. They don't care. Um, and I, I think that's probably the biggest thing. Is I was talking to Courtney Messingham. He was at our school the other day. This is his first year at North Coast State. The culture at North Coast State, he said, is unlike anything he's ever seen. He goes, it, it, that's how we win, is the culture. Hmm. And he said, the, he, go, he goes, it's amazing. He goes, I, I, I can't even tell you. He goes, there's not probably another school like it. But these kids are just. They bought in their North Coast State bison, and they don't matter. You want to put nine in the box, doesn't matter. We're running. We're going to run through you. And uh, you know, I, I, I don't. I guess with that mentality, if you think about it, if you'd say, okay, we're going to run one play. This is our identity. You know, I guess I need to probably get more like those guys and say, I don't care. This is what we're running. That's way ain't changed. It's like Lou Holtz. They made him run. Weak side, sweet, you know, and they kept adding more players, and they weren't going to quit until they made five yards. I think they had 14 guys on the field. <laughs> they finally made five yards. So, okay, let's move on to the next field. <laughs> but I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I, I think theirs is a mindset. I mean, I, I think there's an A gap on that side. They don't, they don't let that sucker push it. And I do. I knew the, know what you're talking about, where that kid can bounce it. But um, and they're doing a lot of other things now too that they didn't do when 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 we played them. Um, 
you know, they're, they're getting out of some of the 21 and 22 personnel and open it up and, you know, giving some window dressing and they run that kid. So they're, they're doing some, right. but uh, still their mentality is, um, well, you know what we're going to run. Here we come. You stop it. And uh, there's nowhere to hide. I mean, you can't, you know, you're not, you can't <laughs> think you're going to, the only reason we could ever stop them is because our player was better than their guard. <laughs> that, that's the honest truth. Well, what you said something uh, too about how they taught their uh, their pulling guard too. I mean, what, what was some of his technique that you guys had studied and seen? Well, there, um, you know, there's always a controversy between conventional pull and skip pull. There's, a, if you watch them, it's almost like a shuffle pull. Like I'm trying to just they 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 want that guy coming so tight that he's he's kind of like pulling himself around the other lineman. I don't know if you studied their their stuff but yeah it's not I, really got a bunch of film of them okay I, I don't consider it a skip pull it's like a it's like a shuffle um and that's what i thought was interesting and and, and how they say so so tight and so square so when the guard does get to him that he's not going to splash off or get himself out of position where he's one-legged that's what happens to a lot of our guards. They're so out of position and they're at such angles that they can't even make the block on a linebacker. Well, their guy gets so square and is able to stick his foot, you know, right in the ground and go right into the guy. And that that's what I, you know, we, I remember when the skip pull, um, Kent Stevenson, you know, he, he, he was a big skip puller. And so we put it in and I like that, but I actually, I like, what North Coast State does better. It's, I, I guess it's a skip, but it's a shuffle. I mean, they're it's yeah, it's it's kind of so it seems slow, and those yeah. guys go through. And they're dang good at it now, and I um, you know, they 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 I I told Climbing when they won. I I just cannot believe you guys won another one, and I mean Climbing's <laughs> a great team tonight. But it's just was amazing. I mean, what they've created up there is uh, to me is just amazing i mean it's they're they're taught to get up in there as soon as they see daylight if there is no daylight you make daylight and they're they're back um a austin used to coach with us at you and i well he's at north Dakota state now um and you know that they, they they tell him you you, you want to start getting off track and bouncing this crap, you're fired. You're not playing. <laughs> so those backs play are very, very – they're taught, man. Hey, it's A-gap backside. There ain't, there ain't nothing out – there ain't nothing outside. Don't, so don't – you know, you're not Barry Sanders. Um, you know, you're, you're a tailback at North Dakota State. And if you watch them, it's not like they – you know, you think, okay, this is the best tailback in one double A. Well, no, he's tough. And they don't turn the ball over, and they're 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 physical. But a lot of people are physical, have you know big guys. But I, I just I think they're nasty in the mindset that you know, hey, this is our play, man, and we're gonna make it work. And uh, they're good, and they got some nice play actions off of it. To be honest, I I I I would love to do that offense. Um, it, it just 
we're we're not probably as physical and as big as you probably need to be to, to pound out at some of the people that I guess we play. Um, so we have to do a little more smoke and mirrors than say, well, here we are. You know, we're just we're gonna ram it right down your throat. Right. And and like you said, they're they're branching off at times now too, running their quarterback a little bit. I saw them running some pin and pull and reading the backside three, uh, arcing, you know, locking the tackle on the backside five and letting the quarterback read the backside three, pulling the center out and, and sometimes even leading with, you know, out of like 20 personnel. So they're starting to do, you know, some of that stuff as well. Well, their, their coordinator went to, um, to Iowa. So he's coaching the offensive line at Iowa. And then when Courtney came in, I think he put some of his wrinkles um, and Courtney had been kind of more of a wide open, uh, four wide type guy. So I think he put some of the passing concepts, um, in along with what they had been doing. I think that might be some of it. Um, and at times, I mean, at times it, it's just sometimes freaking hard to make 10 yards. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you can... Hey, if I got to run the court, you know, they, their plan was, you know, if you notice uh, the, the, the game, you know, they ran their quarterback in that first series and scored. Well, he got throttled like three <laughs> times. And they just kind of got, they go, oh, we better, you know. So they kind of backed off of that, you know, and, and didn't run him a lot uh, really throughout much of the game. And, but, uh, you know, it depends on how many times you want to get your quarterback hit because he's going to get hit. Yeah, um, you know um, when you're running him. So um, no, I'm I'm impressed with them. I was impressed, you know, uh, impressed watching Central Florida. You know, it, you can win with anything. I mean, good night. One of the greatest offenses I've ever seen was the wishbone at Oklahoma. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. good night. Um, Tell the story about that. You guys went there to study a little bit of bone about Switzer and, and the practice you went to at OU. Yeah, it was. Uh, so, you know, Holloway uh, was there. Um, and, and we and, and Jesse knew Switzer played. They played at uh, Arkansas together. Switzer was a little older. He was a GA when Jesse was playing at Arkansas. But anyway, so we go there and we get all access. I mean, we're just all over and, you know, meeting with a line coach, got to sit in the meetings and it, it was it was fun. So we go out to practice. Well uh the, their strength coach was uh looked like practice had started like with stretch, but some guys were laying on back, some guys were throwing the football and some guys, you know, were like with this I'm assuming it was a strength coach, you know, looked like they were kind of doing some Dynamic warm-up, you know, little stretches moving around. I'm like, well, I don't what the heck's going on? So we're sitting there, and that goes on for maybe five, ten minutes max. All of a sudden, the horn blows, and Switzer, Switzer comes out, horn blows, and these guys are going, their helmets come on, they're going 100 miles an hour, man. They're getting to where they're going. And I'm looking around, and I, Oh, they're taking them through like it was spring ball. So they were taking them through a little agility, you know, a little agility station, just to get them moving. And uh, then after that, they uh, broke off into Indo. 
So then you fall around Indo. They're flying around. Then when it was break time, once again, it was guys had their helmets off. They are drinking water. You know, Swifters out there messing around with guys. And uh, then all of a sudden, the horn just blows. And all of a sudden, they all take off sprinting down to the stadium because they were practicing on the grass field that was just uh, – crap, I don't know if that's west or whatever it was. But they all just take off sprinting down for the field from down to their game field. So, you know, we go run down there. And, and uh, so back that's when they were running. They were running triple. And uh, so they're going down there. I mean, they're, 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 they're scrimmaging. I mean, they're tackling to the ground. And um, it, it, it was really cool. But, I, I mean, it was just so laid back. And all of a sudden, when that horn went, I mean, them guys went into a whole other different gear than sometimes it they look like they kind of have some kind of, especially like if it was like a little kicking deal or something. Some of the other guys weren't going; they just kind of lay on the ground or take it easy. <laughs> but when the horn blew again, man, they were flying. They they had unbelievable speed, and big. Yeah, Switzer was uh, he he was he was a very nice he was a nice guy. We were with Jesse. That's the only reason. I mean, it's, um, it pays to know know people and. <laughs> and I don't know that we would have, you know, got to do all that stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, it wouldn't have been with Jesse. So, yeah, it was that was awesome. Uh, that was really cool um, to go down there and watch them. And you wish you had at least one of those athletes, you know, that one of the guys that maybe didn't play a lot could have transferred to your school. <laughs> 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 they had some athletes. So it wouldn't have matter what offense they were in. They were just they were just dang good. Coach, I know uh, Walls has talked about your numerous college connections. Uh, you know what kind of led to to you building those, um, and then how do you develop your coaches uh, to do that over an off season as well? Well, I you know I I guess none of us know everything. I mean, we kind of know what we know, but we've all stole things. I mean, the best things I've ever done, I I watched other guys do it. And, you know, just going to just last year um, and, and going to Iowa State and hearing uh, Charles Bentley speak, I, mean, I was just, just like like a big hammer just smacked me in the head. It was like, dang, like, ah, why? You know, it made my whole, you know, 30 years, you know, I, I – but Jill Moore is, is where I got all the stuff from uh, Notre Dame. And that's Jesse uh, Jesse coached for Lou Holtz at Arkansas. So we got to go to Notre Dame, and I got to spend a bunch of time with Jill Moore. Well, Jill Moore, you know, parents is his disciple, and I'm sure there's a bunch of others. So that was all my run thought process, you know, was um, Jill Moore. Um, and, and that's what I – done for years i spent a lot of time with kent stevenson who was uh the steelers coach when they were really good running a lot of you know pin and pull five four people did pin and pull but um that's what i think is you know if, if you go out the one thing about offensive line coaches is they're just freaking good people and they're not gonna sit and you know say hey you know uh I'm not going to share crap with you. They're, they're not, I've never met hardly one guy like that. And that's what's neat about coaching the offensive line. It's its own little fraternity. 
Um, I think maybe much like a quarterback coach has its own little fraternity. But I've never met a line coach, you know, Harry Heastan, just freaking awesome. And just sit and just talk to you in, in the simplest ways, and you're thinking, geez. And that's what Latrell's getting me. Now, he had some words I couldn't pronounce up on the screen, but um, <laughs> in, in Raymond's terms, I mean, he was just fabulous. And um, so I think if you don't continue to learn, I think you're shortchanging yourself mm-hmm. and shortchanging your kids and um, because people are going to find different ways to do things. And the one thing about coaching is most of the line coaches are willing to share. You know, maybe a coordinator might not be too fired up saying, well, you know, hey, we call this yellow. Ooh, you know, they, they don't want you to know some of their stuff. I get it. But the line coaches, um, you know, okay, well, what am I going to do when I pass that? You know, what am I going to do with my inside hand? What do I do with my outside hand? And Well, hey, this is what I, you know, felt. And then, you know, I, I think in, in college, at least, um, I think the kids would learn as much from the older players as they would me at times. Because I could see the older players in college, you know, if you'd rip a kid and he couldn't get it, then there'd be the older players saying, well, here, he'd maybe explain it totally different, but the kid would get it. And I think that sometimes if you don't go around and talk to enough line coaches or, or whatever position you're coaching, um, somebody's going to explain it to where your light goes on, you go, gosh, dang. But maybe you heard that three years ago but you didn't hear it. I don't know if I'm making sense. Yeah, no, that does. So I think the more, the more people you talk to, and then you're going to come up with your philosophies. You're going to come up with how you want to teach things, but you're going to get it from other people. And you're not, you know, I, I never went into a thing. It was like when I went down to Oklahoma State and Denver was there, well, we were running triple option. Well, Oklahoma State wasn't. We were there for defense. and but Denver, you know, we sat and talked football, and I enjoyed it. But we weren't even doing what, what he does, and he wasn't doing what we were doing. You know, my guys had so much weight going forward, they'd have to fall step past it, hmm. you know. And we, we were just totally vertical. It wasn't unlike, you know, what they were doing. But I just think anytime you can get a chance, um, you know, you're going to reconfirm or you're going to say, Oh, maybe I'm doing it wrong. You're going to say, ah, yeah, yeah that, got it. That's, that's what I do. Good. Or you're going to say, well, maybe I, maybe I need to, maybe I need to tweak a little bit what I'm doing. Cause I really like what they're doing. And I just think it gets us, um, reevaluating what you're teaching. Um, I, I don't like to go to Glazier clinic, Matt, stuff. that's just me, but I like to go talk to people where you, you know, you can sit down and ask, a question and, uh, you know, and, and just feel like, you know, you're going to get some answers and, um, you know, I could really care less going to a glazer clinic and seeing, telling me what the snap count is or what their percentage of pass to run is. Well, I, I don't really care. I mean, maybe that's not the way to think, but I like going to the schools and getting, trying to get the nuts and bolts of what they're doing. And, you know, I, I, I want, Young guy, anytime I can, if I can help guy, hey, I want to go do this. You know, I hopefully I know somebody that um, 
you know, can run you over. And we've been very fortunate, you know, Iowa, and Iowa State has been great. Northern Iowa is great, just in our state. And now we'll have a, a nice deal over at Nebraska. It's going to be awesome to go um, see those guys and, you know, see how they're going to install it because it's all new to these kids in Nebraska. And so I'm really looking forward to it when recruiting gets over and we get the, you know, the go ahead and process. Yeah, come on over. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, a few years ago, I, I used I got to go with Walls to Michigan's clinic they put on. They called it the uh, greatest clinic ever, I think is what they called it. But um, it, it wasn't that great for me. But we also, through Walls' connection with Michigan State, we get to go up to Michigan State, and they put us in a room, and they let us watch as much film, any cut-ups, uh, cut any clips, anything we want like that. So uh, that really benefited me, and that was, to me, now that I've done that, that's about – the only way I want to do it anymore, you just learn so much. Yeah, have you ever been to the O-line clinic in Cincinnati? I haven't. Oh, my gosh, it's awesome. Well, I didn't know that you could buy tapes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I saw the first time, and I mean, I'm, I, I really don't spell very well or write very well. <laughs> I mean, I'm writing. <laughs> and if you go from like 8 in the morning to 8 at night, I mean, it's just, and I mean, I'm just, I'm just freaking right and right and right. So I, I go, um, I have lunch with a couple guys I knew, line coaches, and and uh, they go, man, you were writing all this stuff down. I said, yeah, I go, that's just how, I, you know, I really like to write it down and learn. They go, you know, they, you can buy tapes, they're videotaping it. <laughs> I go, you kidding me? They go, no. Uh, you know, I buy the tapes every year. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so anyway you know you spend the 90 bucks or whatever to buy. and that was awesome every year um i probably thought i bet you i have uh well i just moved so i'm sure they're in a box somewhere but i bet you i've got probably 13 years of those coaches talking and um i used to always go back and write um there's certain guys that i really you know felt like we were on the same page i go back and watch those things. i mean they're the coaches all spoke for like two hours, so they had to tell you stuff, and it was just awesome. So I, I, I couldn't tell you um, enough. Not you know, just go. You just love it. Um, but it is. It's it's a two night deal because what they do, they brought college guys in for the uh, Friday or Friday, I think. So then you had more of like a, you know, just kind of sit down and question like this guy's in this room, this guy's in this room. But then on Saturday, it was all NFL guys, and it was just, um, you know, it was awesome. Um, and then those, you could raise your hand, ask questions. I mean, it was just, it was, uh, sometime you need to go. It's really cool. Who would you say were kind of the number one NFL guys you, you kind of got a chance to listen to? Well, I, re I really liked all, um, you know, the guru back then was a McNeil, um, or not, um, um, Oh, little guy from uh, McNally. McNally, yeah, um, McNally. So he was he was a guru. So kind of everyone had um, everyone had kind of gone that direction at, at that time. And but probably one of the best ones was the, the dude at um, Kansas City um, with the beard. Uh, I love that guy, big old Bill Muir. Gosh, Bill Muir. No. Older than that, he, um, 
we coached all those freaking guys. Uh, oh, I'll think about it. I don't need to. But he he was awesome. And Alexander was really good. Um, that's where I came up. I didn't come up with that. He, you know, had that home plate. He talked about the um, uh, the pocket is looking like home plate. And your guards have three year, or three yards and your tackles have the width and they have five yards to defend their line. And then that's how it comes to home plate. You know, you'll never give up a sack if you can keep them out of your line. And I just thought that was so awesome how he explained it. Um, and I've always done it. And, you know, eight half sets online, you know, I'm like, gosh, dang, you know, it just, so, so you know where you are and, you know, you're not getting too much width if you're on the man side and if you're on the zone side, you can get a little more width because people are sliding to you. So, you know, man, if that's the guy's defensive end, well, let's, let's just slide to him. Can we handle the other two guys? So just talk, because they have to, they had matchups in the NFL. And then I'm sure there's matchups too uh, in the big boy programs, but I always felt like our kids could handle, um, you know, whoever they put over there. Um, and usually about once a year, I was proven wrong. You know, we, we'd get our ass wore out by somebody. <laughs> and uh, I said, ah, damn, we blocked that guy. <laughs> and uh, But we didn't do a real good job, you know. Um, but it was so much for them in the NFL with matchups, you know. Okay, well, we really can't run this because Warren Sapp's over there. Or, we, you know, or there, you know, here's Dent or here's, you know, theirs was more matchups. Um, that they had to worry about as an offensive line coach. Um, and, and so I think that might be a little different in college, but it, there's probably some truth to that in college too. If, if, uh, you know, we, we probably lost the national championship game against um, App State. We couldn't block their DM. And, uh, you know, we gave up a sack and a fumble. And my kid was a young kid. Um, he was really good, but he wasn't quite as good as that senior and, and that kid finally got us. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I probably should have, you know, insisted, Hey, we better be sliding to him or at least have the back, you know, give a little flash before he goes. And we didn't run a lot of, uh, you know, five man protection, but, um, you know, so I was probably as a line coach. I look back at that, saying, it, you know, um, I always felt like I, I screwed that game up, and um, but um, the kid, the kid that I was talking about, if he could have been a senior when this kid was a senior, but it didn't work out. He was a sophomore, and Chad ended up having a nice career in the NFL, but he wasn't quite ready. That guy played in the NFL for a long time too, so he wasn't quite ready for that. Coach, you've run all these schemes and all these offenses. You know, what would be your favorite? Well, I think with any line coach, you'd want to ram it down somebody's throat. <laughs> um, yes. You, you, you know, I, I don't, I, you know, I, pass pro is, you know, the worst drill in the history of football is pass rush drill. Um, you know, it, 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 it's brutal, it, it's violent, and, um, you know, no, no lineman likes to be retreating. Um, and so if I could have a choice, I mean, I'd like to get back there seven, eight yards and have a fullback and just run it right down somebody's throat. And if we had to throw, you know, it'd be like three times a game. Um, that would be my, that'd be like my perfect scenario. <laughs> and I'd have a lot of tight, 
do. <laughs> you know, give me that Gorkowski or whatever that dude's name is. Uh, hopefully he can play and give me a Kelsey that can run and, you know, let's go, let's go play some ball. But we, we don't, we don't quite have those, and when you're in high school, you're kind of given what you're given. So you got to figure out what they can and can't do. And uh, you know, if I, I, but that's what I would do. I, I, I don't mind throwing the football, um, but I'd much rather run the football and hand it off to somebody and um, hang on to it and make first downs. And um, that that would be my, uh, I guess, dream before I w- w- woken up. Coach, now you're a, you're a head coach. You know, t- talk a little bit about the transition, you know, from being just the O-line guy to now a, a head coach. You know, what what's different? Is it is it better? Is it not better? You know, talk a little bit about that, if you would, please. Well, I, I never really wanted to ever be a head coach, and I'm just being honest. Um, I love coaching the offensive line. I still think, as I look back at, you know, maybe our first two years where we were pretty good, and I look back at this year um, where we struggled. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I'm a, a really a, a great head coach. I, I still coach the offensive line. I, I can't. Um, I guess I don't get that out of, of me. And so, if the offensive line's sucking an individual, or one of my guys is late, well, then I'm pissed at the whole team. And so, you know, I don't know that that's a head coach. So I'm still struggling with that a little bit, um, you know, dealing with, well, I, I just can't believe guys aren't staying after practice. Where's everybody going? I mean, I, I just thought that's what we did, <laughs> but I was wrong. And so I think, you know, probably, you know, and I have changed a little bit, um, but I, I just thought that everybody would be gung-ho and that that's not the case um, because when you're in college you know you, that that's what you do well in high school um that's at least in iowa right you know I, I don't know that that's what happened and so you know you had to lay down some expectations and that's my fault um i, I just we have great people at, at anthony um and good coaches so i just had to lay down some expectations and um i don't think it's anything crazy but that's probably what I, I didn't do very well. Um, and I think I need to let um, – I let the coach coach. I, I don't um, tell them what to do or how to do it. Or, um, but I probably need to let the coaches talk more. You know, they're invested too. As I look at it, um, you know, I, I, I don't know that I'm, uh, you know, going to give anybody chills. You know, um, light anybody's hair on fire when I'm talking. And, and I think there's some guys that are pretty dang good at it. So I, I think, you know, if, if I look back at the first three years, I, I just think I need to let the coaches um, talk more to the team. Um, and because I think they, I, coaches, obviously, they, they, they're invested, they love it. And I think those are a couple things that, you know, as I look back, that I wish I would do, and that's what I will do. Um, I'm continually growing as a coach. I hope, you know, if I'm still doing it at 70, that I'm I'm still growing as a coach. And I don't think I know it all, and this is how we're doing it. Um, 
we're super fortunate to have uh, Brady here. Um, Brady is, and I'm not just blowing smoke up his ass. Brady's the sharpest guy that I've really ever been around um, in any level. And I've always been one level. I've never been, you know, to Alabama. Uh, I watched him on TV. So I guess that's like, you know. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're very, we're very fortunate, Hank, and you to have the guys we have. And um, I try to tell it to the kids. I don't think they quite get it. Maybe when they're 40, they'll get it, how fortunate they are. You know, to have people that care about them and that want to work with them, and we never had that when I grew up. We didn't have strength coaches. You know, our our coach showed up for practice in high school and left. You know, we were never around. And times have changed, and we've got some really good coaches on our staff. And I just think I need to let them speak more. Um, and I don't. I don't pretend to call plays. You know, mm-hmm. as a line coach, um, the only thing I'll do when I was, I would never speak when the court call got called a play. But maybe when we're off the field, I might say, "Hey, I think we could run this or this or this." I can't stand guys that want to blab while the guy's trying to call the play because um, it's hard and it takes it's a knack at calling plays. And I know I'm not I'm not that guy because I'm still pissed about the guy who, you know, freaking didn't go to the right guy and makes coach me to play. I, they would let me call plays in a spring game. You know, we'd divide teams. Shit, I was terrible at it because I was always screaming at Johnny, coach, what, what's the play? But, uh, I, you know, I wasn't even thinking of I, I So um, I guess I'm a line coach. I probably will be until uh, I die. And I guess I'm just fortunate enough they say, hey, you're the head coach. And uh, But I, I, I know I can do a lot better, and I'm working at it. And, um, these guys are helping me. And, uh, it, it is a lot of fun, but it's a lot more fun when you win. That's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank our sponsors, Audible and Team Attack Academy. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt long sleeve or hoodie at runthepower.com also if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app this will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com follow me on twitter at harper underscore coach and coach walls at coach brady walls Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.